Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio, also on 3 Sports. You can catch him on Twitter, at RoushKSR. Nick, what's shaking, baby? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited for draft season. It was a it was a pro day, unlike anything we've seen in Lexington with the amount of uh, front office officials, GMs. It was it was exciting. Everyone there to watch Bowl Evans rep. Now that's a great starting point right there because we know that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young's pro days were each kind of had crazy buzz. Will Levis's it did seem to have that buzz that you were talking about, but he seems now to be a little bit of an afterthought when you look at it from a perception standpoint, but what did you think coming into that pro day? What was the buzz like being there? It it was kind of funny because part of the reason why Levis is such an attractive quarterback, it's the same reason why people are so high on Anthony Richardson too. It's it's all about the traits, the tools, and, and so Richardson, he had a great combine and Levis became, like you said, kind of an afterthought. Uh, but at that pro day, you know, he did a good job of showing why uh, people love him so much. Showing that big arm, throwing 65-yard bombs on a rope. Uh, but really, with, with that, we've known he's got a big arm. But the difference uh, in, in what he showed in that pro day is he's putting a little bit more touch on his passes instead of trying to throw uh, those five-yard outs, right? Those little dumps to the flight, 100 miles an hour. Put a little bit more touch on the ball, and and I think uh, I think teams generally liked what they saw. Um, if there was one thing you were going to critique him specifically on, is something that's kind of always been a problem with his. It's his uh, it's his lower body, and it's it's throwing to the left. Something about his left side, he's not quite comfortable yet. It's not like Zoolander where he can't turn left, but <laughs> but it is fair to say that he's he's less accurate going to that side of the field. Nick Roush on the Body Works Guest Plus Hotline talking about Will Levis's pro day. Will, what were your expectations? Because we know these guys, they get with these trainers and they get with these guys to help them with mechanics and different things like that. And they said uh, that he was working with Jordan Palmer to help him uh, with those things. So what did you come in expecting and did you see anything different that made you be like, hey, you know, this guy's really putting in the work? Yeah, and, and that's even been a, a a thing that Levis, before he even started at Kentucky, he he was meeting with outside. He had an outside kind of quarterback coach working with him on that lower body mechanics. And I, if there's one thing that uh, you've got to commend Levis on, he's really coachable um, it, because he has shown improvements. He, he showed improvements from the combine to the pro day. I just think the biggest thing that's hampered him throughout his career is he's had too many coaches played five years in college, had five different offensive coordinators. So for him to succeed at the next level, he needs a little bit of stability. If he can find that in whatever organization he lands, I think he's shown that he can be coachable and take whatever his coaches are giving to him. Nick, is there a quality about Will Levis that we're not talking about enough as maybe whether it be the national NFL personalities or even locally where you have a whole bunch of different teams or a whole bunch of different markets talking about whether their franchise is going to take this guy? What's something that you feel like is being under-celebrated a part of his game? The the big thing for Will, that it's the boring stuff, 
that you can't watch and measure, and that's the intangibles for him. Uh, when he arrived at Kentucky, he was the hand-picked uh, quarterback by Liam Cohen, who spent last season at the Rams and is now back at UK. But he could have came in and, and said, you know, been too cool for school, for the lack of a better term. Uh, but no, he, he went in. He had to earn that job. He did it with his play. He didn't just come in and um, kind of demand attention. He did it with his play, and his teammates respected him. And there was something that Chris Rodriguez said recently, the Kentucky running back, that's probably be third, fourth, fifth-round selection for the Cats. Almost broke the school rushing record this year. He said, you know, there's kind of there's always clicks on teams, but Will isn't like that. Like, he can hang out with anybody and everybody. His, his ability to be a high-quality locker room guy, I don't think that's something that, that is being talked about enough when it comes to, to how he's being evaluated uh, by, by just the draft Knicks, if you will. Well, and, and speaking of national draft guys, you have Mel Kuyper going on ESPN every day and telling you that you need to pay attention to the 2021 tape rather than the 2022 tape because the supporting cast was just so much better, whether it be your wide receivers and offensive line. Everybody was better in 2021. Just how big of a gap is there between those two years regarding Will Levis, Nick, that you think, okay, this is what you should be paying attention to more two years ago? Most importantly, it's just how he was protected. Uh, he was the most sacked quarterback in college football last year. In <laughs> the year before, Kentucky's offensive line, they were Joe Moore Award finalists, one of the three best offensive lines in the country. They had uh, Luke Fortner as the starting center for the Jags throughout all of last season was his center. Darian Kennard was a consensus All-American. When he had time, he excelled. And uh, the other thing that, that really, I think, uh, hurt his 2022 season the, the Kentucky brought in another uh, pro NFL guy, offensive coordinator, Rich Gangarello, but he ran a system that, as somebody told me on the team, Will Levis was the only person on the team that knew the playbook besides the offensive coordinator. So he had a lot on his plate. He was asked to do a lot. And in that 2020 season, two season, despite being sacked something like 50 times, he still only missed one game. He played, played through a lot of pain. Uh, but the biggest, I think the biggest, reason why he took such a step back in production because Gangarella said we're not going to run this guy and like you know that's like having Lamar Jackson and saying we're not going to run him. I mean Will is not certainly not Lamar Jackson to that degree but he's as big as a linebacker he runs like a tight end you got to use that so I, I think that was part of his game when they took that out it, it kind of clipped his wings for a lack of a better term and when he gets to that next level no he, he, he knows he can't just lower his shoulder to run over guys uh, but that needs to be something that his next offensive coordinator utilizes. Nick, you talked about how many coordinators and coaches that he's had. Do you think that's something that's really going to help him when he gets to the next level? Because we know the turnover on coaching staffs in the NFL when things don't go well. Do you think that's going to be a plus for him? Oh, it, it, picking up a new offense will not be a challenge for him. If there's one thing you knock on Levis, is that they say he's got a slow processor. He's a little slow to, to go from you know one one route to the next, right? When he, when he's reading through his progressions, um, but as far as picking up an offense, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. And the good thing is too is uh, Scangarella, who's the offense coordinator last year, he came from the Shanahan tree, and Liam Cohen came from the McVay tree. Well, that's like half of the NFL's offenses right now. So particularly with the Panthers, uh, I know Reich is is calling the shots, but. Uh, Thomas 
Bryant, Thomas Moore, one of the, the Thomases, the name is escaping me. Thomas he was Brown, the Rams. Yeah. There we go. I, I was close there. So I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to incorporate some of those concepts that have similar terminology that, you know, that's, that's the, the offense Levis knows how to run and shouldn't be a problem for him to pick up. And then were you able to kind of check out the scouts and the NFL personnel that was in attendance there while he was going through his throwing session? And if so, did you see uh, the body language or, you know, maybe just get to see how they were reacting to what he was doing? I got to say, I thought, I thought the whole Carolina Panthers organization was there. I, I, I <laughs> hope they turned off the lights at the facility because there was <laughs> there so many people there. And, and actually, it, it surprised me because – you know, a lot of people, I think, assumed when Carolina moved up to number one, like, okay, well, they're going to get Bryce Young. Um, but uh, they're doing their homework. And I think Reich has, likes the kind of quarterback that Levis is. But the the ones that really jumped out, uh, besides the Panthers, uh, Pete Carroll was there. Um, his offensive coordinator is the McVay guy and Shane Waldron. The Seahawks had a ton of people. And then the, the Raiders, which uh, – both the Raiders and the Seahawks just signed guys, but they signed Jimmy G and you know Geno Smith. Like, is that is that who you're going to bank on long term for the future? I don't know. So if Levis, those do feel like good opportunities where Levis doesn't have to be the guy uh, right away and kind of dip his toes in the water before growing as a quarterback and emerging into a starting role. Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I wanted to talk about a different quarterback here, Nick. You got one of the guys that we've been covering over the last few years. Devin Leary will be starting at quarterback for Kentucky football. How excited? What is your outlook of uh, Devin Leary going into next year's season? Man, Kentucky fans are really excited about Devin Leary because uh, the, the one knock that you have on Levis about uh, sometimes the layups look difficult. They aren't that easy. Man, Leary's so smooth when he throws the football. Uh, we got the chance to go out to spring practice last week, and uh, by all intents and purposes, he's completely recovered from that that pec injury. And man, it's just it, it really is just the ball placement. I mean, going in between the two levels of the zone of the defense, whether he's throwing a dig or like a deep comeback, Leary's Leary's a really good quarterback. Now, it, it was a little bit of a changeup for me, though. I'm used to seeing Levis out there, who's you know, 6'4", 235, and then you see Leary, you're like, gosh, that guy's tiny. It's like, <laughs> he's not really tiny as much as he's just like an average-sized quarterback, and I've been watching a linebacker play the position for the last two years. Well, that was Nick Rouse from Kentucky Sports Radio, also of On3 Sports on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can catch him on Twitter at RouseKSR. Nick, we appreciate the time, my man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Y'all have a great day.